Washington for the draft, bro. He was coach. Yeah, man, what man. is you doing? I don't know, man. And it when is the draft? Thursday. I didn't even know it was Thursday. First round Thursday. Your, your players looking like, Coach, who, who, who we getting, Coach? Where is it? Crazy part, bro. Like, you know, three months ago, you know, like, truthfully, man, I was, like, burnt out. Like, man, I was kind of done with coaching high school. But now, you know, we, we did some stuff last week, and now I'm starting to get that, okay, you know what I mean, that itching. So now I'm dissecting. So, yeah. bro, we I've just been watching the spring ball scrimmages. So I watch Bama. Okay. You know what I mean? And and, and I watch Clemson and, and I'm watching all these programs, Oklahoma, Texas, but I'm watching them in the sense of it, it's crazy, bro. So I'm watching the dissecting what they do offensively, mm-hmm. defensively, but then I'm watching the coaches, how they coach and interact. Mm-hmm. So Nick Saban, bro, guess what Nick Saban had on, bro? What do you got on? Sir? Pink suit, bro. <laughs> Pink. <laughs> but but the crazy part of saving though is you can do whatever you want, bro. At this right. point, you're right. right. You, you get away I mean? with it. Ain't nobody gonna say nothing. The crazy part though is, you know, he's not calling no plays though, so he's on right. the field. Right. But this, and he was getting interviewed. Kirk Herbstreit, Joey mm-hmm. Galloway, and them was interviewing him, and it was hard for interviewing because he coaching cats up every single play. Mm. But then you know mm-hmm. you watch the Clemson. You know Dabo was he was more Dabo. Mm-hmm. He was being himself. So I was just watching that piece, bro. Like Saban, and I see why Saban is where he's at, bro. Mm-hmm. Like spring game or not, bro. CEO, bro. He got the yeah. people he puts in position, man. To not only do what they do for him, but they also springboarded the other jobs. So like again, like to see what you know. What I mean, like man, I need a, a Steve Sarkeesian. I need a Lane Kiffin. I need. Mm-hmm. All these guys, you know what? I could use a little bit of that sauce in my program. Mm-hmm. So I, I like his CEO mentality, man. Dabo as well. Like Dabo got a good thing going. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Venables, the D coordinator. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Too. Justin Fields carved him up last year. Like, yeah. He was the man. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I see where you are with it. My my thing. See, but who who you? What's your coaching style, bro? You say you watch Dabo, you watching Saban, you watching watch Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo, Jimbo uh, Fisher. I watch Steve Sarkeesian. You know, a lot of the his players were saying basically how he's a uh, how he loves his players. Yeah, and you know, I you know, and I, I just like how all of them is is creative in their own. They are they are who they are, and they are successful. Yeah. Uh, so I just try to watch. The coaches and how they interact in the spring okay. games, and, and of course watching formations and, and plays and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah, bro. So last week I want to jump off this. So last week, so you know my wife, she wasn't feeling good, bro. But so my wife, she could take a lot of pain, bro. Like she don't she don't go to the doctor. So she like y'all, you know, you don't hurt. Y'all got a high, high tolerance times. for pain. Me, if I'm feeling down. <laughs> <laughs> Call everybody. <laughs> Call everybody. Hey, Call my mom, Granny, kid. <laughs> Call everybody. Come down. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I just started my job, whatever. So, you know, she wasn't feeling. I was like, man, we gotta go to the hospital. So she was telling me her chest was hurting, whatever, whatever. And I was like, I wish I would have took her on Saturday, but this is Monday. So, babe, let's go. No, go to work. Go to work. So, I'll go to work. And then something just told me in my spirit, man, you got to go take your wife. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I get there. She's like, she's going to take herself. Mm-hmm. So, she's getting herself dressed. She's like, what are you doing here? I said, to my babe. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that job. Mm-hmm. So, we go. And, 
you know, her high blood, her blood pressure high. Mm-hmm. They hear up and get us in the back. You know what I mean? They, you know, connecting, they checking everything. She's, you know, what I mean, was good, whatever. But it was crazy. The funniest part was like she was doing all that. Like, babe, why you taking me? It was on me. Mm-hmm. And then she was in the bed. And then she looked at her, babe. Thank you for taking time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? After so all, all, after all that. So later, when she started to get back solid, you know, a couple of days later. We rewind that man. We was just dying <laughs> laughing, dog. But yeah. just stuff like that, just funny, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That is funny. You gotta make what's important important. Oh, oh, man, you that you can't you can't figure them out. No, you try to do this, they yeah. tell you no. You yeah. do this, then they're happy you did it. Yeah. Which one is it? Which one? Right. You have it. You have it. Listen, everybody, man, we thank you guys for being with us today. Today's episode will be about don't despise your nine to five. We want to make sure that we let you guys know that working is honorable. And we're going to walk through and talk to you about a lot of things that got to do with just working. okay, and understanding how it can lead to so many other things in your life, whether it's you getting up, being on time, being prompt, managing your time responsibly, being effective while you are on the clock and everything under the sun, guys. So we want you to know, don't despise your nine to five. We know sometimes that the world may try to push a narrative that, again, it's it's not cool to work or guys that work is, is, is lame or whatever the case may be. But we will be the first to tell you that, again, the life is much more at peace. You gonna gotta look over your shoulder because you're not out here living an illegal life, taking penitentiary chances. And so today we're gonna unpack that and we hoping all of you that go to work every day, that provide for your family every day, will just join in with us on this conversation about the fact that working is something that you all should take part in. Now listen guys, we know the stimulus has been huge in terms of just again allowing people the support they need on one end Mm -hmm. but for some it may it may breed complacency Mm -hmm. in terms of your lack of willingness to go back to work Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so let's start there in terms of just unpacking this and i don't care who jump us off but i'll go i'll go i like to uh start with the stimulus that's a good point uh i would say the stimulus is only there to help you know what i mean like for me, so to say, like, I, I don't want any handouts. I don't want nothing for free. Uh, I'm not saying that this thing is, is a handout because it, again, it is there for help for people that need it and things of that nature. But if you are receiving the stimulus, like flip it, do something positive with it. Do something that you've been waiting to get done. Do something around the house. Fix that light. Fix the book. Fix a couch. Fix a, a lamp. Pay a bill off. Pay a bill off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Make it a productive thing. So. I would say, like, with work, and it's the same thing. Working is a way to be productive on a consistent basis mm-hmm. in the day in and day out. I agree. And look at the stimulus as a bonus. Mm-hmm. You know, when sure. the stimulus first hit, you know, all the stores is packed. Walmart is Gucci. packed. Buying new bikes, buying this, buying that. You, you blew it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
put that money up, you know, you and your spouse go on a vacation. You know what I mean? Your family vacation. And some of the things like you guys said. So And then, then use it to bridge the gap. Working also builds character. Yes. It, it's 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 an understatement, but just getting up every day going to work yeah. that right there is a success in and of itself yeah. but it's not enough to stop there you need to get to work be, be on time and be a team player and then be a team player mm-hmm. absolutely you gotta you gotta know that it might be people that depend on you to do your job the right way so that they can do their job the right way everything comes full circle but the character piece is huge about what working does for you you know what I'm saying? Because again, everything starts with your ability to just be somewhere and be a part of something that's bigger than you. And when you do that, you are now working for the mission and vision of that company, Correct. helping them achieve whatever the goal is of that company. Don't be the person that not carrying your weight. You want to be the person that you know, if we look at you individually, we want to say you check all the boxes. Correct. Don't be that person you get pointed out. Don't be that person you're getting written up for being late because, again, it's a character thing. You know what I'm saying? And so for those of you that's out there that's looking at this, that's watching this, do a quick reflection on how are you showing up each and every day? Are you on time? Can people rely on you? Are you dependable? Do you do what you say you're going to do? All of that is tied to character. But working in general helps build your character. What you guys think about that? Oh, I love it, man. I think you hit all the points right on the head. Like, I would jump on the on the being consistent part of that and the being the team player. Like I said before, along with the character, are you pulling your weight as a mm-hmm. team player? Are you again showing up on time? Are you assisting others? It might be somebody might fall short. Are you filling in the void? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Man, because again, big. like you got to be able to push that's and pull. Big, yeah. You can't always do everything or feel like, oh, I'm done. I did my task. I'm done. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. The whole task as a whole is not done. Like you said, we're trying to complete the mission for the whole company, not yeah. just for me. Are you even looking to see, okay, I did my piece, but is there something I can do to help this person get done faster? Exactly. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Whatever the case may yeah. be. You know what I'm saying? Anything for you, CB, as it relates to character and the importance of just being a team player, that's huge, man. Um, you know, I work out of school, so today we was covering the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a total was three of us total. And two had to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, they one, you know, two had to leave and then I had to orchestrate the whole lunchroom on my own. So usually, you know, that's a time where, you know, I'm talking to kids and different things of that nature. You know, and now I got to oversee the whole, so I make sure I stayed in the middle. Mm-hmm. When we um, when we completed it, when you know lunchtime's over with, what we do as a staff is we help our lunch ladies out, clean the tables, spray mm-hmm. and clean the tables. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one particular lunch lady she was doing. I was like, no, give me that. Mm-hmm. You you worry about the food. You guys mm-hmm. prepare the food for the next lunch. Mm-hmm. I got this table. So mm-hmm. team being a team player is is huge. That's mm-hmm. I think that's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and those are some of the things that I think that's highlighting that's need to be involved. But well, that's your character, bro. That's your character stepping in for those yeah. ladies. That's yeah, like, absolutely. you know what? I got you. You yeah. know what? You, you do enough for us. I'll step in. Mm-hmm. I'm standing in the gap. And that's a perfect segue to the fact <laughs> that working builds work ethic. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I'm going to tell you guys a quick story, man. Years ago, I worked third shift. 
And one thing that working in general, but working third shift specifically did for me, we call it the vampire life. And when everybody is asleep, you're up. But sometimes people marvel at the things we've accomplished over time. But all of those things was birthed through the night when everybody was asleep, but I'm just up working, working and thinking, working and thinking, building my work ethic because then when you go out and start your own, you use that same work ethic that made you good on the job to build your own business. We often say, don't work harder for somebody else, but you don't put that same amount of work for in yourself. for your own self. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so the work ethic that working a job gives you is a transferable skill that will lead to you being a better entrepreneur, being better with dealing with customers, mm-hmm. being better with time management. And I use third shift to make me a beast. I, I, I was able to carve out the life that I wanted working third shift. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to despise working this job now. I'm going to make it so I never have to work third shift again mm-hmm. over time so that I can get a, a nine to five job, not have to work weekends. And it was just a progression because, you know, when you at entry level, mm-hmm. you might get the weekend. You might get the, 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 the horrible shit. You're going to start, you know start, you start off on weekends. And so it was about working your way up the chain, something we're all <coughs> familiar with because we had to work our way up the depth chart. We had to work our way up various things whether it was sports teams we were part of and things still like climbing. that and we still climbing to sure, this day yeah. and so work ethic speak to work ethic and the importance of that i think work ethic man is what sets you apart uh anybody can get up and go to work but it's like what do you do when you get there that's true are you productive half the time are you productive your whole shift you know what i'm saying are you showing up early are you nice to people when you get there mm-hmm. can you work well in a team can you do more than what's asked of you okay you can work well in this team but can you work well with somebody else or can you fulfill this task or mm-hmm. i know me being a big guy man like for sure my work ethic is, is crazy you know what i mean i like to stack good days on top of each other every single day yeah every single week you know what i mean so with that being said i'm a, i try to play my my part at work and do all the good things but me being a big guy I'm always getting pulled. Hey, could you help me move this mm-hmm. copy machine? Hey, uh, yeah. this refrigerator is old. Could you throw it out? Hey, could you? E, how you got to be flexible, bro. For <laughs> e, real, though. E, like, e, no how? mini ones, you know what I'm saying? They call in the big dog. No, not industrial. No. E, how has sports made you a better professional? Uh, I would say just being consistent, man. I know, and like I said, like our athletic mentality is the last rep might not have been good enough, but the next one, yeah, will be the next one. I'm a, it's like always that. that next day, the next thing I can do where I can be better. So I think that kind of sets me apart. Versus, it's not hard for somebody to tell, "Hey, man, you didn't do that well on mm-hmm. that one." It's like, okay, well, how do I do it right? So next time I got it, I won't have no problem. CB, how has sports made you a better professional? Man, I, we could look at it so many angles. Mm-hmm. I, we could, <laughs> I could talk about from a work ethic standpoint. All right. In sports, we all competed, like one-on-one competed competition. So, for example, in my training yesterday, we got received versus DBs, Mm one-on-ones. The first five to ten minutes, it's good momentum. And then it was just, it's flatline. It's complacency. It's no one. It's like me versus you, bro. Like, one-on-ones, dog. I'm not losing this. And if I did lose... 
the I'm next upset. one. The next one. <laughs> so the competition behind it, the work ethic. So that I did lose, I'm watching film on myself or yeah. I'm rewinding what I did wrong. And guess what? I need to do this better the next day mm-hmm. or the next rep. Like you mm-hmm. said, the next rep. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you the next rep. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that whole piece of the, the it made us better, bro, from a competitive standpoint at work. And like you said, a work ethic standpoint. We had to work hard to get to where we had to get to exactly. on a sports standpoint, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It took like, hard work and no shortcuts. No shortcuts, bro. I'm a little biased, and so I would love for our viewers to chime in on this. I believe athletes are better in the workplace. I believe that athletes have a better work ethic than non-athletes. I could be wrong, and I'm okay, and I'm open for a discussion on that. But it's just my opinion and my bias. I often say, and you guys can attest to this, 5 a.m. workouts was the hardest thing ever you're going to do in life. And nothing that no job you work at will ever compare to a 5 a.m. workout when the strength and conditioning coach is trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. And so that statement that what they say, what don't kill you, make you stronger, stronger. that became a reality. So when I became a W-2 employee, I'm looking like, man, working is a breeze compared mm-hmm. to trying to be an elite level athlete. Boy, oh, there's 1640s out 1640s. At 400, all that stuff. Like, man. that's what I always think Breaking about, up. man. My worst conditioning day, nothing in my job is going to be like that. Yep, bro. exactly. It's, a, it's more <laughs> of a mental facts. challenge versus the physical. Facts. Exactly, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm with the, the mental all day. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Challenge me there. I'm straight on running the 400. That's right now. facts. <laughs> facts. But, like you said, bro, it's like, like, if you think about what we went through as an athlete, like, imagine doing that today. Like, bro, I'm like, man, I couldn't imagine doing three a days, like two a days and stuff like that in college. Waking up early in the morning, the field is wet. Mm-hmm. You got to do stretches on the field. Now all your pants are wet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got saggy booty all practice. just got out here. <laughs> and, you know, in Michigan, bro. We see all elements in a football season. All four seasons. Yeah. Right <laughs> Come on, man. Like, like literally. And then you talking about the five a.m. winter workouts, bro. Walking man. in the snow. And then we had to go in the ice arena, bro. So in the ice arena, we had to run on the stairs. And then the bleachers was so tight. So if you and I'm bow legged, so you try to run in between the bleachers and scrape the <laughs> leg, bro. Like. Literally, man, <laughs> coaches yelling and screaming. Five a.m. Like, yeah. like stuff like that, man. Yeah, it it, it work, prepares you. In the nothing in the work world is gonna be no, like that. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. And so that's why I knew I would excel, excel, and succeed in the workplace. And and for the time I did, man, I, I felt like I did an okay job. The next thing we want to talk about is stop blaming and <laughs> complaining and making excuses when you late or because you got pointed out everything is not your supervisor's fault everybody ain't hating on you Mm -hmm. and that's something we got to talk about too as family man we got to unpack the fact that we got to be accountable for our actions Mm -hmm. and when something breaks down we can't be looking and oh he out to get me and that that might be the case and we're not negating that in any in any kind of way but at some point you want to set such a standard of excellence where you looking like can't nobody say nothing about my time card because I got to work on time. For those of you that worked that I was a salary worker, so that was an issue for me. But I'm just speaking to where I believe more people can relate to getting pointed out, having to punch in, 
okay things like that at some point you want to say you know what i'm i'm going to be at work 10 minutes early so i know that i punch in on time i'm not going to let myself get one point so that i'm never up against getting pointed out at all these are all things that again builds character something we talked about earlier but if you can stop blaming but look inward and just say to yourself what could i have done better in this situation how could i have avoided this situation altogether what you guys think about that i love it man i, I would say to that you have to first it's either one of two things you need to do a self-assessment yeah and a self-evaluation both one and the same you know what i'm saying like you got to really like what am i doing wrong especially like if you're late more than once or and if you got several points you've been talked to already so okay once you get that talking to once you get that little discipline whether it's a write-up or not okay i've been talked to now it's on you to change your course like you know what self-accountability self-evaluation you know what i have been late but i'm not gonna be late again you know what i mean yeah. you start okay tomorrow start with tomorrow okay make make your time tomorrow make it the next day make it the week you know what I mean? Put a couple weeks in front of yourself. And yeah. You go from there. And but like what you, you gotta evaluate yourself. You have to start there. The accountability is huge. Mm -hmm. And you guys hit it all right, man. And what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna just talk about being in a workplace, but you have to do a certain job, but you don't have the the experience to do that job. Mm -hmm. Or you might not do you might not have the education. So we have plenty of people that's in positions where they didn't mm -hmm. go to school for this for mm -hmm. this particular uh, position in the workforce. Mm -hmm. Like for me, you know, I was I had to be a guidance counselor one time, a guidance counselor and a dean. Mm -hmm. Well, I went to school for a dean of students, mm -hmm. but I ain't go for a guidance counselor. <laughs> so I failed a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? I failed a lot. Um, and one of those things is I remember I had to get some talking to as well too. But mm -hmm. you know. It didn't do anything to me because of our upbringing in sports, man. Nothing was harder than what we went through and then the coaches we had. Mm -hmm. So it's just one of those things. It's like, man, and, and what he said is like, next time, you know, just be careful. Always watch, pay attention to the job description. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I lived and I learned in that moment. And also um, mentors, people. You got some people that's on the workforce that care about you, too. Yeah, that's big. Take that. Take yeah. that, yeah. Take that mentors. Take that education mm -hmm. from. Them. Listen to them, yeah. Because they in your corner too. Mm -hmm. Poor working relationships is what I want to talk about next. Because you guys need to understand, relationship equals resources. Yes. But relationships, listen, man. The whole the whole American system is designed off of relationships. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. I am a guy that has advanced degrees and I can tell you, yeah, they, they help in some regards in terms of maybe me negotiating my salary, but everything about upper mobility was about relationships. So if you got poor relationships in the workplace, I don't talk to them, I ain't talking to these folks, <laughs> you're not gonna never also be in the running for a promotion. You don't, you're not gonna have nobody to speak on your name mm -hmm. in a positive light. Relationships matter. And having poor relationships in a workplace, that's a death sentence to your upper mobility inside the company you're currently at. And so I wanna challenge you all to embrace, you ain't gotta be everybody's best friend at the job, but be likable. 
be somebody that even if you don't talk to everybody, their their thought of you is that you're a cool person. I love it, man. Uh, I think you have to have a a, a working a, a well working situation at work because you spend a lot of time there, at more work, time than at home. You do. Mm-hmm. You got you That's consistently facts. at forty hours facts. or better for the working adult. You know what I'm saying at work. So. I would say you got to make sure that you try to be positive, bring a positive light to the situation. Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, Chris, the relationships that you could build through your job, man, it, it's, it's unmatched. It's unmatched. You can get, I mean, you can get um, what I'm, references. Mm-hmm. You can get friendships out of relationships. You can get Networks. all type of things. Networks. All type of networking. They know somebody you don't know, but it might be a blessing that for can your connect situation. You to them. Exactly. And you might do that same thing for them. So... I would say be open-minded to that because you're just mm-hmm. one person away from getting everything done that you need to get done. And more than times not, you know the people at work. Absolutely. And like I say, man, that's the key to upper mobility. Yeah, you might be the best. You might be all of these things. But if nobody don't like you, nobody's not going to vouch for you in that room where the decisions are made. And you're going to keep getting blocked. You're going to keep wondering, man, why is my breakthrough not coming through? Why am I going through this? And this starts with relationships and also getting fired, man. That's something that at some at some point you have to be above getting fired. You got to reach a certain age where, okay, in my younger years, when I had teen jobs and I was working at McDonald's, mm-hmm. Subway. But at some point you have to get to a point where I'm not getting terminated from a job at 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 this age of my life or this stage of my life at some point that's a character issue in and of itself if you are just going through job after job and it's because you're getting fired every single time man that says that says a lot about who you are at your core and if people are terminating you you got to look in the mirror you can't look left you can't look right and you can't blame anybody else so Again, let that be a challenge to yourself that I'm not getting fired for my next job. I'm going to put in a two-week notice because I found something else. Mm -hmm. And fulfill it. Nothing wrong with that either. And also know that, like you said, those firings could just reflect negatively on your record. On your future potential at other (laughs) working opportunities. Somebody knows somebody that you worked with and you don't never want that to cross paths. You never want the negative to get out about you. So. And so I think segueing from that, don't despise your nine to five. We're big on that, man. Embrace work. Know that work is honorable. Yes. But on the flip side, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. So don't get this thought that because Instagram make it look cool that you think it's something that just anybody can up and do. Okay. And and that's the biggest that's the biggest misconception that I see as an entrepreneur, as a somewhat successful entrepreneur in my in my regard, that the image that's put out there is that it's glitz and glamour. Mm-hmm. I probably work more as an entrepreneur than I did working a nine to five mm-hmm. and working those 40 hours a week, 80 hours every two weeks. Because as an entrepreneur, everything is on you. Mm-hmm. Everything is on your shoulder. You got to do payroll. You got to come up with the next idea, the next business strategy. Everything you doing, healthcare. You're doing all the stuff that no your employees would have been doing. Ain't no set hours. <laughs> so that accountability piece comes into play. That work ethic comes into play. Are you going to get up every day and go to work? Are you going to keep 
being of service to others and make a difference in your life? Are you going to answer disgruntled customers' complaints and send out refunds and right. do all the things? Again, people don't keep it real about the hardships of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And we're here today to tell you it ain't for everybody. Mm -hmm. for Some of you guys need to be workers and be okay going to work. Okay, some of you need to be the help to the entrepreneur and know that that's you not, you, that's okay and you're not trying to start your own. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Be happy and get excited about seeing other people win, but make sure that in that you're not you're not thinking that entrepreneurship is for everybody because everybody ain't cut out for it and it's okay. It's not a bad thing if you're not. You just need to walk in your purpose, mm -hmm. stay in your lane, but blossom where you're at. Yeah, I would touch on that too, man. Like, because I can relate with the workers. I've been a worker my whole life. Uh, and entrepreneurship, that's cool. But like you said, it ain't for everybody. I don't, I'm not going to totally turn my eye to it. But mm -hmm. uh, I made it, I'm, I'm making my living being a worker, taking care of my family, making sure I'm doing the things and being consistent. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's a nice path to carve out for yourself. And I, what I love about that, because I don't want to, I don't want to discourage entrepreneurship, but you might not be a full-on person that is running a full corporation, but you can have a side hustle. For sure. Oh, yeah. You can have, like you got wide receiver secrets. You mm -hmm. got all kind of ideas you're trying to birth, mm -hmm. and you can do that, guys. Everything don't have to be a full-on entrepreneur. We got our camera guy with us, and he shoots videos. This one we are watching, Basketball standouts that's coming through the ranks, side hustle. It it may or may not turn into a full on media empire, and he don't have to. He's good doing that, and that's what we're trying to say. Don't get the whole entrepreneurship message misconstrued. You know what I'm saying? Because there's side hustles, but if your side hustle just remain a hobby and a side hustle, that's cool. If it ever grows to something where you now hiring staff and bringing on a full team. You got 50 employees or, okay, that's the next level. Mm -hmm. But again, understand that it's not for everybody, but there's a place in it for you in terms of the gig economy and the whole having a side hustle is something you do that bring in a couple of dollars on the side. For sure. Yeah, bro. Um, the entrepreneur piece is like, be patient. Like say, if you do have a nine to five, you like it and you have a passion, you want to do something else, make sure your nine to five is excellent. Mm -hmm. Make sure you meet all the expectations. Mm -hmm. You understand everything that's going on in your job before you start your entrepreneurship or your side hustle that can be entrepreneur mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Right. Because passion is everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You have to do what you love, mm -hmm. bottom line. And for me, it's always been coaching. Mm -hmm. I want to coach high school football. That's always been a dream of mine, mm -hmm. coaching high school football. And that's where my passion is at. You know what I mean? Evolves around football. Now, you know, before that, you know, I was a wide receiver training. Now I'm doing my whole full-fledged sleeper recruit uh, training mm -hmm. academy. I'm doing that. So, but that's a piece of football. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's my entrepreneurship or my side hustle or whatever it is but mm -hmm. that's that's the enjoyment fact I get off of that mm -hmm. but for those is you know what I mean if you if you want to do those things 
make sure your job, number one, make sure your job is right. You're doing everything at your job and you're doing those things. And then just start off small. Make the main thing the main thing. And don't get caught up in the hype, you know, social Mm -hmm. media and stuff like that. And you know what I mean? If that becomes a disturbance, you know, shy away from it. You know what I mean? But you got to make sure your, your nine to five is is excellent though. for sure you know what i mean before you could do anything else next guys we got our hot topic and we want to remind you guys that the dream is free but the hustle is sold separately we want to make sure that we encourage you guys as we dive into this hot topic that when it comes to your finances building wealth your nine to five is also your first investor mm-hmm. i'm gonna say that one more time your nine to five the check you get every two weeks or every week or however you're paid go out that's your first investor yes you might have some money trickling to the work 401k or whatever the work retirement system is but separate from that you all can open your own brokerage account and begin investing for your future okay begin planning for retirement i just call retirement really it's just a savings account for when i get older it's just a putting a different spin on it, okay? And so if you get in the habit of understanding that your nine to five is how you're gonna fund your retirement, yeah, they might take out a couple dollars through your job, but you can be putting in far more depending on how you live. Pay your debt down, get your expenses low, live within your means, don't try to keep up with the Joneses. You do all those things, I can guarantee you'll be wealthy well before you're 65 and it's time to retire. Okay, and so again, use your nine to five, allow it to be your first investor. I love it. Like you said, man, I I never even, like I said, I started the workforce young, like 20. So I didn't really see the importance of, I always always contributed to my 403Bs, or I think that's what it is now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 403B. But I never look at it as a, you know what I mean? That money just going away, it's just going away. I get a statement at the end of the year, like, oh, okay, that's cool, that's cool, but as you get older, it's like, okay, I want to contribute a little bit more. I can get to how much if I contribute? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you just look at those charts. Like if I want to contribute 17% to my yep. own investment, that's what I try to do. Just up my percentage. So it's more going in every two weeks. You talk about the poverty mindset and I'm going to dive more into it too, but that in and of itself keeps people from living their best life, mm-hmm. reaching financial prosperity because like you said it might have been something we didn't know about Mm -hmm. we all have jobs where you might not even looked at the retirement package like that what's the 403b what's the 401k what's the 457 plan all these different things because the poverty mindset don't even have you thinking you just getting a check what Mm -hmm. what we call the living check to check Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and so many people do that and it keeps them living in poverty or having the poverty mindset oh i got some money i gotta go spend it you know what i'm saying like cb said you can do something responsible with your stimulus but the poverty mindset may say you gotta go buy a bottle you gotta go buy some jays you gotta go buy a gucci belt you have to do something frivolous with the money what why is the poverty mindset so prevalent among communities of color i would say that it's a it's a keeping up with each other type of thing if, if Chris down the street got some J's, I want some J's. Mm-hmm. If I didn't get them J's, I'm, I'm along for them J's. And whenever I get my money for them J's, you better believe I'm going to get me some J's. You know what I mean? So I could be in. But Chris ain't thinking about me wanting my J's. You know what I mean? You might Those might have been a gift to Chris. Or 
However, Chris got those. That ain't my business. Yeah. But we look and see somebody with something, so we want it. Yeah. Not saying how they got it, how much work they put in. Mm -hmm. Nothing. We just look at it like, man. So I'm trying to keep up with that. I want to beg, borrow, or steal to keep up with an image or a reflection that I think is cool. Mm -hmm. Which more times than not leads us down the wrong path because. Again, we don't know what Chris did for that. He might have worked a nine to five, and and earned all his money yeah. for those jazz. Work overtime. We just don't, or worked overtime. But that's so. a part of our culture, though. You think about it. We we always gonna if you, for us, if you go to a game on our event, mm -hmm. we gonna be fresh to death mm -hmm. from head to toe. We don't know what kind of car we live in. We we, we don't know what kind of car we might have. Mm -mm. Our, our clothes might be more expensive than our car. Mm -hmm. our, our, we might not even have our own home or apartment. Mm -hmm. So it's always, like you said, an image. And this is how we are as people. And that's just how it's been. It's always been like that for us. It's only for the acknowledgement, though, CB. I mm -hmm. see you, bro. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I see, see you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 you know what I mean? That's all that. So you just spent all that money on our versus I yeah. see you's. Yeah, and then we're not taught in the school system about 401ks, 403b. So when we talked about the storm and going through the storm as as people, when you grow up in poverty, as we have grew up in poverty, living check to check. Okay, so you grow up and you gotta figure things out along the journey, and you have to educate yourself. It's crazy. I just looked at some of my retirement stuff now. Today, mm -hmm. I looked at where I have retirement. Mm -hmm. This amount I'd be getting paid per month. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? This is the percentage I was going. I knew the percentage taken out of my check. You know what I mean? So I'm looking at that stuff now where, you know, before I, like you said, I knew a certain amount was going out of it. But now I'm looking. This is the amount. I never mm -hmm. looked at this is the amount. Mm -hmm. If I decide to retire in education at 55, yeah. this is how much I'd be getting paid. Per, pay per month yeah. you know what I mean now I'm looking into more of the you know some of the things you know I did the, did the 401ks and all that stuff so you know just constantly constantly have to educate yourself and you want to build upon what you already have like you know what exactly. okay if I retire right now that exactly. would be my plan but yeah. no I want to add more add to because if I keep adding but I don't get 55 my, my number is going to exactly. be here but that's that's a mindset that everybody didn't have like mm -hmm. that's you growing out of that poverty mindset. Yeah. That's you getting away from the norm. You know and as your friend, I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear that you guys, it's never too late. And that's what mm -hmm. I want everybody at home to know. It's never too late. He just looked at his, what he's getting. He gla glanced at it years ago. Now he know what the number is. Mm -hmm. Same here. My thing is the poverty mindset that I want to touch on is, and I, I'm looking for clarity and I'm seeking understanding. The whole, cause ownership is important to me. Mm. Ownership matters to me. I own my businesses, homes, cars, everything. But when people don't want to leave section eight because <coughs> it will mess up their money, that's a poverty mindset that I want to explore and unpack more. Nope, I can't get a job because it'll mess up my section eight. I can't make this much money cause it'll mess up my section eight or my government assistance and so where do that come from fear there we go that's it's good. fear it's yeah. fear bro it's like okay i can make this leap but man what if mm -hmm. what if so like you said if you grown up in poverty all you know is poverty it's fear to take that extra leap mm -hmm. so now it ain't like you know what i mean or you got a spouse or you having somebody pulling you gonna be okay mm -hmm. sometimes we we doing this thing on our own bro mm -hmm. So it's, it's fear, you know what I mean? It's definitely fear. 
I, I believe it, it could be some fear, but I also think it's comfort, comfortable too. That too, but I think it's it's it, it being exposed. A lot of people lack of exposure, I would say, That's big. would allow you to think that Section Eight is a goal. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Now I would say Section Eight is there for anybody that needs it for those emergency situations. Single mom, single dad, whatever the situation may be, you fit under those Section 8 guidelines, I'm all for you having mm-hmm. that. But if you're an able-bodied worker, able-bodied person that's able to work, go out and work. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Go out and make you some money. Take care of yourself. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't just fall back on Section 8. You know what I mean? Let that be for somebody that actually needs it. Go out and get your money. Go out and create you a better life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and, and with that, you're going to be exposed to different stuff. That's With facts. that job, you're going to be exposed to different people. Exposure facts. leads to expansion. Like our boys and I am athletes. Yeah. So for sure, facts. you're going to get around some people that's going to show you some different stuff. Yeah. Every job I've had, bro, I bump elbows with different people. They show mm-hmm. me different stuff. Mm-hmm. We talk about different meals, how you cook this, how you make that. Yeah. What'd you do this weekend? Like, bro, I, that, me sitting at the crib, I won't get that. Me being a Section 8 receiver, like, you're not going nowhere. Yeah. Only people you're talking to is them saying people that don't leave the house. Mm-hmm. So... I'm That's straight bad. on all that. That's <laughs> bad, bro. That's bad. We ain't going no. We ain't going backwards, bro. No, you for know sure. What I mean? Moving forward. Section eight ain't enough for me, nah, bro. Man. I want more than that. Yeah, yeah. The last thing, and we're gonna wrap this one up. We want to remind you guys to grind now and shine later. That's so huge and that's so profound. So many people, we call it the microwave society, mm-hmm. and we want to get rich quick. We want it right now. Listen, if you're watching this. Be willing to put in the work. Be willing to grind now in order to shine later. Because I'm trying to tell you, you got a long life. Life is a marathon. You know what I'm saying? And marathon means it's about who endureth the longest. And so if you can embrace the fact that you're going to grind now, I often say grind three to six months so that you set yourself up for the next one to two years and you're way ahead of people. It's just a little sacrifice you got to make in terms of embracing the grind. And that's what I say every day on Twitter. Embrace the grind. Enjoy the climb. Because if you learn to fall in love with the process, you're going to actually love when you see the fruits of your labor exactly. on the other end of it. Anything y'all want to throw in? That's that's huge, bro. Like, Because now, for me as a coach, now you know I have things in place. I have the the football support piece. So now I finally have support within my football program. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, man, I could coach another 20 years mm-hmm. where, you know, three months ago, you know, I was stressed. I was mm-hmm. upset and frustrated where I didn't think like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, man, I'm laid back. I got a shrimp guy that's a younger us and that's mm-hmm. working hard, that's being creative, that's getting teams and he's taking care of it. He's got attendance. He's, Everything I need to do, he's taking care of that piece. I don't have to be there, bro. I don't have to be the show guy. You know what I mean? I don't have to do those things. You know what I mean? My job is stress-free, bro. Mm -hmm. So like you said, trust the process. I'm loving this process right now, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm loving the process. Mm -hmm. I'm loving the day-to-day process. Kids want to get better. They showing up. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do a lot of yelling and screaming. Like I said, I'm like, dang. Like you said earlier, bro, it's like, um... I don't know. You just basically said, like, man, I'm going to get pumped, bro. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a feeling like that. So, like, you know, so it's all about the process. You stayed down till you came up, though. So man. Right. And now this is the, the fruits of that labor. The labor, bro. Mm-hmm. You, you right, bro. You the Lord I mean? will always reward you. He will always 
tenfold what you're supposed to get. Yes, you just got to stay the course, understand that your breakthrough is en route, and, and don't throw in a towel. Like we say, don't get weary and well-doing, man. Like, sure. in due time, your time will come. In due season, your time will come. We often say, and this is my favorite, my pop said this to me years ago. He said, stay in line. Eventually, your turn will come. Don't miss the message. Guys, we're going to wrap up on that note. We want to thank you guys for hanging out with us for another episode. Please make sure you like and subscribe and join the Deeper Than Sports community. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.